Hello, <coughs> hello, and welcome to Off the Record. We are back with our fifty-something episode. And Jesse, what's the matter with you? You know how I'm always going on about the democratization of music. It's a sham. It's a sham. I thought we were trying to save the music. I thought we saved the music industry. I mean, we're, we're trying, but Sony and Spotify have been in bed together. They've been cheating on us all. I don't know that I can. I don't. I don't know that I can deal with a Jesse Cannon that has emotions. You're the. You're the kind of man who I see crying that could make me cry. You know what I mean? I, I, the only real reason I was crying was because I got Lord Fraudzilla's uh, cologne in my eye, actually. It wasn't real emotion. I'm sorry about that. I actually uh, almost got spit on by Franzilla of Attila this weekend, Jesse. No. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the shower you'd have to get? I mean, you might have to, like, that, that, that's like a, like, a, you might need to just do some skin bleaching if you actually got spit on. Well, I need you to understand. Actually, this is a great, This is you're, you're helping me out here. I don't know if you saw my tweets, but Franzilla, I, I didn't. Wore, you know, I was at a wedding this weekend, which is why I missed this. So Franzilla at Skate and Surf, uh, he wore an all-white uh, jumpsuit, like full body, like pants, and you know, like a full body jumpsuit that was, I believe, rain uh, protection, protective. Mm, um, mm. So in case he ever spits on himself or it gets wet outside, he was not only fashionable mm. in white before Labor Day and Memorial Day, really. But also uh, in an all-white jumpsuit. And um, I think, I'm sure, the sales of white jumpsuits skyrocketed after his appearance. That's good. <laughs> Do you think he has those on with, as a pre-order package with his cologne? Oh, my God. He mm. could. Mm. I mean, it's just somebody. How much do you? How much would you spend on Franzilla cologne to at least just experience it as a as a as a joke? Hmm. I mean, this is the thing: is is like I don't know. You're probably the only seen person who ever comes over to my apartment, so that's an expensive joke to make you laugh. I uh, I watched three songs of Attila. Uh, uh, I, I would have been there the whole time. Well, as you know, I mean, the kids don't know, but uh. I was lobbying you that I wanted you, me, and Thomas to do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style videotape of the back of our heads while we commented on it till it set the entire time. But that this is true. Actually, you know, I, I will come. I'll come out for Warp Tour. And we can do this. It sounds horrible, but uh, <laughs> it was very interesting. I, I I don't really think I had ever really listened to Attila before, and like oh, I like you're was mixing out. They're one of my favorite comedy. Act. They might be my favorite comedy act since Attack Attack. What would help me? What like what kind of so like? There's obviously like the metalcore. There's obviously like the new metal, but then there's just something in the middle where what is Degent? Oh, Gent is nothing like what is that? What is that? How it's gent. pronounced? Yeah, yeah. Gent. Is you don't hang out and talk to Finn McKenty enough. Okay, Finn so McKenty's, what is Gent? Gent is like a, a style of metal that uh, the, it's actually named after the sound uh, that the guitar makes at times. You know, the kids oh. say that it makes Gent, Gent. Um, so it's just it's just a different style. But they're okay because there's this until, one moment. Like I, this is the thing I just don't know what to call it, but like. They instead of getting, and I know EDM is not, you know, instead of get like they get Skrillexy for like a second, but not like any more than that, and then it goes back to like the new metal. But I, I would, I wouldn't consider that like two seconds of like what is happening right now to be new metal. And I don't know what it is. So, so, so what I like to call this is THX core, um, which is like all the sound effects like from the THX movies are in it. I, I used to call it Joey Sturgis core because he kind uh, of invented I like it. That, yeah. I think it turned into THX score because more producers started doing it. But I call Attila, as you know, and they were very unhappy when they tweeted something mean at me. Uh, I believe calling me an old man when I said this when they first came out. I, I called them. Tr I mean, were they wrong? Fuck off. 
Don't age shame me, Zach. You know, you're supposed to be this liberal bastion who fight, fights against discrimination, then you age shame me on the show all the time. No, they're the originators of Trollcore. They are, they are, yes. All their lyrics, all the things they do, they're just constantly trolling. And so I call them Trollcore. I'm just saying, credit to me for both those genre names, and I also want credit for Mumblecore for, like, what Hyperview and Turnover and Pianos are doing. Like, all of them, Mumblecore. I want, my, I want my, my, my royalty checks on these genre names, kids. You use them in your tweets, you send me five cents. Before we move on, if you, if you would consider Attila the, <clears throat> the pioneers of Trollcore, does that mean they're, uh, they've always been produced by Gary Kioffi? <laughs> Damn. Going hard, son. I'm trying to keep my like zingers and my jokes like Bulletproof Punk going. I think I think I did a good job here. So 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 far, five minutes into the podcast, you're doing good. Wait, wait, wait. You also did you go to the Roddy Radke Three Ring Circus show? No, I messed up. I messed oh, up. Man. But can I, I tell you? Can I tell you? Can I tell you something? Core week. Can I tell you something about Ronnie Radke's Three Ring Circus that yep. uh, graced the 2500 uh, cap electric factory? Uh huh. Under a thousand people. No. They uh, shut down the bar areas. They sent home the waitresses. They uh, they closed down. Cur- they curtained off both bar areas and all of the upstairs of the electric factory. And uh, less, they couldn't have even sold out in a thousand cap room. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad that crap is dying. Me too. Me too. I think it's really dying. You heard it here first. Do you, Do you think he though? I I feel bad for the women he's beaten because he probably has to keep sending them checks though, right? And I think that they should get his money. Yes, they should definitely keep getting them checks in a, in a positive way. Yes. Okay, yes. wait, wait. We were going to talk about streaming music. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you mean? I thought all we do is talk about streaming music. What, what do you mean? More stuff happened? Oh, are you man. are you telling me if I look at the show notes that I'll see nine bullet points of <laughs> streaming news in the last week? It's a, it's a hard knocks life being uh, explainers of the music business. Act. It turns out when Apple is going to announce something... That everyone else wants to announce something before they do. Did you got, notice that? Got to steal that thunder. And coincidentally, Spotify got a two for one with the Sony yeah. thing. I Can mean, I tell you what I'm wearing right now? What are you wearing right now? An Apple Watch. <sighs> I, I, you people who buy first generation Apple products, I'll never understand you. And, uh, I, I, so I originally got it with a leather band. And today my white sport band came in. Wow. Because you were so inspired by Lord Fronzilla's jumpsuit. I look like a soccer mom and I love it. It matches oh perfectly God. with my white and gold iPhone. Oh man, you are a nerd. Am I a nerd or am I or am I like actually just a loser? I, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I didn't want to be mean, but like it, it, the border is really getting skewed. Like here. a nerd wouldn't buy a white iPhone; they would buy like a space gray one, right? Mm. You know what I mean? I think gray is even better than the white, dude. I think that that gray might be more fashionable. I mean, I haven't looked at these because I never considered buying an Apple Watch because I don't buy first generation Apple products. But all right, so a lot happened this week. This is off the record. We are a podcast that talk about Attila, Ronnie Ratke, and streaming music predominantly. Uh, this has been a big week. Like I just alluded to, as we've talked about for months now, Apple is gearing up to uh, reveal a new streaming product, and that has made Spotify, RDO, uh, Pandora, and Title or all kind of start start you know revving their engines with new products and new features and. Uh, there's also a thing as somebody who's been blogging about the music business for like the last six years that everything happens right before school gets out because they know no one will pay attention to a single press release for the next three months. Oh my god, I'm I'm so re- I'm so excited right now to pay attention to anything that's not school. It, first up is not a new announcement regarding streaming services, but rather 
there was a big scoop by The Verge. Uh, the, the Verge has a writer <clears throat> named uh, Micah Singleton, and while I've disagreed with some of his music stuff over the past, he is like on a rampage right now with exclusives. Uh, and he he busted out a big piece on Monday, on Tuesday the 19th. Um, what was that, Jesse? So Sony had their contract with Spotify leaked. And what it turns out, and the reason I was fake crying, because I don't want the kids to think I cry or anything. Sony gets preferential treatment from Spotify. They get what's called, they have a, what's called a First Nation clause, which means that uh, they, whatever any other label negotiates, they get a better deal than them. I had never heard of something like that. Oh, okay. Well, so this is a very common thing in politics. And as we know, I'm a political nerd. The America gets this with all our trade agreements, um, which is what it's named after. What makes this really, really disgusting is Sony gets tons of free advertising space. They get preferred space for all sorts of things because they invested heavily in Spotify structure. Now, we kind of talked about this in a previous episode called The Truth About Spotify, where we talked about how... Just as Vivo has a significant Warner Brothers, uh, is a Warner Brothers product essentially with YouTube, there's always some label that seems to be in cahoots with one of these services. And we now have our answer that Sony seems to be the one that has a seriously, seriously unethical contract. So what makes me upset about this is streaming music has always been the promise of that and I've written like an article about this of like why I want record stores to die because what used to happen with record stores is you would buy what's called end caps. So end caps are the prominent display, the poster in the window, et cetera, et cetera, at a record store. And the major labels would buy all these up so that people would see their products more. Same thing with who they would buy the space at the Starbucks for their record, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Streaming music was supposed to democratize music and make a more flat level playing field. And as we're seeing, because Spotify are scum, this is not the case. Do you mind if I give some of the quick hits of this article for those who haven't read it? Do it up, girlfriend. Okay. Spotify paid. And so I should say, they, Sony and uh, Spotify signed this contract in 2011 as Spotify was gearing up to enter America. And it was a two-year deal with a possible third-year option. So it either went through 2013 or 2014, but they have a new deal now that we're not aware of. So this is the original deal. Spotify paid Sony Music up to $42.5 million in advances. Um, according to a music industry source, labels routinely kept those advances for themselves. We're going to get back to that in a second. Uh, like Jesse said, Sony had a most favored nation clause, which means anytime a different label got a better deal, Sony would be able to negotiate to get a better deal than that other label. Spotify was able to keep up to 15% of select ad sales from revenue. Um, and they also, uh, Spotify also gave Sony music up to $9 million in free ad spots that it could sell for a profit. So there's two big things here that are somewhat ridiculous. The first one, which I just said, um, according to a music industry source, labels routinely kept advances for themselves. So what this means is, uh, Spotify hands, Spotify hands Sony $42 million. You would imagine that that $42 million is for like, streaming right jesse like if i play a blink 182 song 10 times they should get uh five cents you'd imagine those five cents from that 42 from 42 million dollars would go to uh blink 182 this is not this is not what was happening we we don't know that though for sure that's speculation let's let's be let's be clear about this it's speculated what it really is is the clauses that they don't have to technically do that and it's been long thought that they do we don't know it keep in mind the way advances work i know so 
for anybody who doesn't get it, if you get a book advance or a record advance, that's just money up front to start creating the product that they're going to sell and being able to allocate your resources to that. But you don't get paid till you get that back. And these advances are just basically Spotify guaranteeing Sony that they're going to pay them this much money. And then if they drop the ball on promoting their service or they give away too many free subscriptions and no one ever buys premium subscriptions, Sony still has their money and they're not out it when they go bankrupt. Right, but there's definitely like, and while it may be speculation, there's definitely like an overwhelming vibe, I would say, in this article of like, hey, Spotify and Sony, have you paid any of your artists streaming royalties or are you just keeping this money for yourself? Would you would you agree with me on that? I'd say that's the vibe. I just, you know, I'm, not, I'm never one to defend. No, it is, it is 100%, 100% not confirmed. Yeah, and I, so I, I don't want to cast... I think it's a little irresponsible to cast that shadow, but I think it's it is a good thing to raise is hey, could we see some evidence that you're actually paying these bands because it's not like, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is there's never a year that goes by where the major labels aren't sued for unduly paying royalties and there's never a year that goes by that they don't lose those lawsuits because they've been screwing some artists. Right. And it's worth to note that while it may make sense in your mind for Sony for Sony to diverge uh, divulge to Spotify how they will be paying their artists from these advances, it's actually, they actually don't have to do that. Um, what we would need to see then is like a leak of, uh, you know, Sony's individual deals on streaming and stuff like that with their artists, which we're probably not going to see. Well, keep in mind, I will say this. The big thing about this leak is, is count the days to the law, to the lawsuits. There's going to be, there's, there's a lot of things in here that don't seem to be very legal compared according to people who know laws better than you and I. It seemed like it was fake how many like juicy bits of information came from the write-up of the contract. Not even like I didn't read the forty you know, I didn't read the multi-page contract that is also able to be read. It it really seems insane uh, that this was a contract that existed and could frankly still exist and exist with almost all of these record labels. Between this and the Lord Franzoa Cologne, it's a lot of news that seems fake but is real today. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a troubling day for the music. We we failed. We failed. So Spotify, thankfully, somehow overshadowed all of this. Yeah, they got lucky. <laughs> they got very lucky that this leaked the night before. Uh, whew, I mean, because <laughs> now they had a big press conference and so they came out with tons of products. And they definitely tried to bury this as fast as they could with press releases of early stuff last night. So one of the first things is, is they made a deal with Starbucks. They gave 150,000 baristas free Starbucks or free Spotify accounts so that they could... DJ Wicca 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 up in their Starbucks for all of you, and you can hear some dope tunes from the cool star Starbucks baristas when they're not discussing race relations with you. Everything you just said sounded like it made me want to smack you. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez, smacking me now. So, yeah, so th this news came out on Monday, I think, that uh, Spotify was teaming up with um, Starbucks. And I, you know, I, I frankly think this is like a pretty big deal. Do you? Yeah, so Spotify, uh, it's not Spotify, Starbucks killed off selling CDs last year, I believe. Um, no, that's not, well, I think they diminished it because there's still CDs at the right, Starbucks. Right, but like their, their, their program is, uh, you know, them. phasing out, right? So, yeah, just like Best Buy, etc. Right, right. Previous to this, as I read in an article, um, you know, Starbucks also used to do a lot with iTunes and Apple with like free download cards. And they've phased that out as well as of two years ago, apparently. I think it's a pretty, like, massive deal that Spotify has secured an exclusive sponsorship with Starbucks instead of someone like Apple, 
who, you know, has Apple Pay and Starbucks and all the Apple apps and passport apps and stuff like that, you know? And, and I think this is a really major get for Spotify. And, and I think, you know, I think a lot of these, like, these wars to, like, you know, beat everyone to battle is kind of like, how, which of these services can get so ingrained that no one can get rid of them? And, and you know, being like having, a, I would assume, a multi-year deal with Starbucks is a pretty good is a pretty good one, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it seems good. I just wish these companies would concentrate on a better product instead of uh, all the partnerships they can make and making it so that my Uber driver can play my Spotify list for me if I want. Yeah, that's that's one that people seem really into that I just personally don't really get. Do you Uber a lot? Do you have a car? I, I Uber a fair amount, like, uh, while, while I'm out, like, when I'm, when I, I travel a fair, you know, when I'm in Chicago or LA or whatever. Okay, okay. Like, just, I was just, just, just question. I, I actually actively dislike uber even though i used i probably gave them two hundred dollars this week alone but i think they have the worst customer service and i just i'm just gonna i am just gonna put them down because their customer service sucks so bad and i'm gonna say i I don't like them i also think they're terrible people they are bad people so in other news pandora acquired next big sound a website that's quite a favorite of mine yeah i like next big sound as well i think we've talked about on the show before but for those who don't know it's not really useful at all actually for like a music fan but for for a manager a record label what you can do is you can get detailed statistics of uh so a band i managed they had this hundred this they had this x hundred or million plays on spotify this week last week this is how many more they got this week this is a percentage up or down here's the percentage of all the new twitter stuff like they give very good stats in a very easy way that that sort of help uh grasp the social feel for a band if that makes sense and uh pandora acquired them and uh, this is kind of more to Pandora's play to be the music service with the most in-depth data around. Jesse and I had a long conversation about this months ago about how about how you kind of have to decide, do you want the data or do you want the money? Because Pandora as... Actually, did we talk about this last week, Jesse? How Pandora is buying up Spectrum from a radio station so they can pay artists yes, less royalties. Yes, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Right. So Pandora is a company that's actively trying to pay artists less royalties and at the same time trying to hook more artists in by giving them data. Um, and, and we've talked about in the past whether data is actionable or not. And if you just show me like, hey, this is uh, how many more Twitter followers I got this week. That's great, but there's only so much I can do with that. What as a manager, as a band, as a record label owner, lets me act on this data? How can I use this data to make uh, 500 more kids come to my shows in the next two months? And, and so uh, while while Spotify is trying to get more, I would say, broad appeal by being in Starbucks, Pandora is trying to lock in data uh, and, and to be the best place to go if you want to know how many fans in uh Boise, Idaho, like Attila. There's probably a lot, right, in Boise, Idaho. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like that's I, I ma- be... imagine anywhere we're going, people have no brains. I'm sure that's the case. And since that's the oh area... Oh, my God, you're work. going to insult so many people, Jesse. Yeah, there's so many people in Idaho who listen to this podcast. By the way, that's also where the most white supremacists live. So my uh, talk is right, that people with no brains live by Don't Boise, they have Idaho. good potatoes? Don't they have all the potatoes, though? Oh, God. You're, I've had enough of you. Okay, one <laughs> thing I want to say about Next Big Sound is for your band... Uh, a lot of concert promoters look at Next Big Sound to decide whether or not they book you. And so what they look is they see if you're on the rise, they see where on the graph you are. Next Big Sound makes a graph of how many people are listening to you, how many are interested, and they can look city by city if they're listening to you. So here's a perfect example that I love to always tell is 
1995 or six, I booked AFI at the club in Newark, New Jersey, where I booked. And AFI had sold 30,000 records at that time. Here's a funny thing. They had sold 19 in New York City and New Jersey at that time. And there was 10 kids at the show. So, man, that's a that's a cool gig. Next Biggest Sound allows a booking agent to do that. So it's a very good idea if you're a band to make sure all your stuff's connected on Next Big Sound, whether you're using it or not. You can go in there and connect all your social networks on there. And then booking agents can get a better uh, look at what you're doing and how well you're doing and will be more apt to book you if you do complete that stuff on there. So, Yeah, I'm a, li- I'm a little interested to see what Pandora does with Next Big Sound. Like, mm-hmm. uh, could Pandora try to further beef up Next Big Sound but make like – promoters pay five dollars a month to use it you know like what if pandora could include just next big sounds general information with then also pandora stream information by city or by town you know and be like hey this is now way more valuable but you have to pay us for it and we're, we're going to make the information very easy for you to comprehend something like that that's something like i feel like there needs to be some kind of thing like that it's kind of like i mean you know services like this exist right there's a pole star that um tells you how many people played and what venue and what the ticket counts were and how much tickets cost and stuff like that for promoters. But this is a little different, I think. Mm-hmm. It's more social and it, it kind of clues into the sales and streaming, which is the future. You mm-hmm. know, it may not matter uh, that no one bought Album X by a band if they have 10 million streams on that on Spotify, right? Like it depends on the market and by the band. Again, it does that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a scene band. That, that could be the same for a DJ or something. Like, uh, like a like a DJ obviously is not selling a hundred thousand albums on iTunes, but the Spotify sale, the Spotify streams could be through the roof. And if if all that information by Pandora could be ported into one area where they could charge promoters or booking agents or whatever to see, that would be cool. I think. Yes, I agree. So. The next thing on our big streaming news list is that RDO has a new uh, pay tier where you can pay $3.99 a month for ad-free music, and you get 25 listens per day, um, which is interesting because I feel like most people would pay for streaming music listen to more than 25 songs per day. Maybe yeah. you, you can tell OTR if you think I'm right with a hashtag on the Twitter machine. Yeah, I just like... If you're listening to music, one thing: Do you listen to more than two records a day on average? I don't know. There's some. There's like there could be a week where I listen to no music. Yeah, and then there could be a week where a week where I only listen to music. But so yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I'm kind of I would I would change that to days. But there's some days I listen to no music that I'm not working on in the studio, and then there's other days that I listen for eight hours straight. Right. Like so, I just in the last, and this is not like a brag. This is just my job. Uh, like, you know, we have the Knuckle Puck album now, so I'm listening to that pretty constantly. Uh, the Story So Far album just came out. The Four Year Strong album's about to come out. Uh, we're getting new Kevin Devine songs for the splits we're doing with him. Like, I'm listening to a lot of music right now because there's a lot of music happening in my life right now, which is awesome. Um, but I would say that if you ask typical, (coughs) typical Zach, it would be odd for me to only listen to music, I feel like, for 30 minutes and then not listen to it again. And so, what do we want to say? A normal album is ten songs at this point. Twelve. I, I really, you think that's normal? I think it's twelve songs. Okay, that, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, that's for two me, albums it's, a day. right, right. And so I feel like that's not a lot because don't you think like RDO would love a market where instead of everyone who works at an office, instead of them listening to Pandora, they listen to RDO? Like you're going to listen to way more songs than twenty five if you're trying to listen to music uh, ten through six. You know? Yeah. 
And I, I think that's a great market to go after because there's people at their desk who don't want to listen to a podcast maybe because they can't work while they have people talking at them that could be listening to music for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how uh, you can really only get those 25 song downloads. That's not enough in my mind. Yeah, that seems silly. But hey, they're doing their best to get more people into their service and get them addicted to streaming music. So you had a, I think I'd hear, where Google redesigns play music on the web. I didn't read about this. So why don't you tell the kids about it? Well, children, you know, what if old people listen to, why are you making, are like, are you trying to put everyone down? The only old people who listen to this, the only people older than me who listen to this podcast are our parents. parents. So I included this Google Play play redesign because it was just one of the many things that I noticed last week on on Thursday of last week, I posted like five things in a row from all of the streaming services. They had all announced that they were doing something on the same day, basically. And so, so um, what? Sorry, what Google did was they essentially just made everything prettier, which is not big news. I think Google is now like everyone else, trying to be like, oh, we need to be updating our platform more and and, and having weekly or monthly updates. A big part of this was that Google plans on making noticeable differences to Google Play Music or All Access Music, whatever it's called, like once a month now, which I think is a good thing. Competition, as we've discussed, is good. Democratization. Um, but anyway, if, if you have any interest in trying out Google Music, it now looks a lot prettier and is easier to use. Um, so not not a not a big update there, but still a little more. And I did want to say we kind of glossed over this, Jesse, but uh, you mentioned we mentioned earlier that Spotify had a big announcement today that covered up a lot of this. Oh yeah, we, we didn't go over this. Yeah, we, we kind of glossed over this. So uh, for those who will not have heard of it by the time that you listen to this podcast, hopefully, which is going to be any second now, I'm sure. Spotify on Wednesday, May 20th, had a major press conference in New York City. Um, they invited a bunch of the press, the tech press, the music press, etc. And they took off, they took like the curtain off of their new features and it was aimed very much at a certain age group, Jesse. Mm, yeah. The, the millennials. <sighs> Hate those millennials. I do too. They're ruining the world. Well, you are an old lady by heart. Uh, there's, a, there's four major initiatives that Spotify is rolling out. One is the Now Start page. From the time you wake up until tonight's party, the Now Start page serves you the right music day and night. Need a Monday morning playlist? Pick me up? Done. The right tunes to help you focus after lunch? We've got you covered. And because Now learns what you like, you'll be sure to hear the right music selected from our in-house experts and your personal collection. Does that sound familiar? I have no idea what you're talking about. I think I just read an ad for Beats. Oh, yeah, it was pretty similar to Beats. And beyond that, the service the service called Now and how it learns off of what your actions sounds very similar to Google Now. <laughs> but so so this is interesting. Spotify Now is trying to get much more into actual personalized curation rather than just here's a playlist of Kesha songs. Um Kesha's, yeah. been, on, Kesha's been on my line my mind lately. I don't uh, know why. Cuz those songs are so good. Right, right. So uh, after now, Spotify is <clears throat> is going in on uh, working out. Jesse, are you ready to are you ready to join Spotify running? You know, I have to say this tempo thing I think is a very cool thing because I personally listen to different music in my bike rides than I do, but I don't trust them to choose that music at all. I know that when I'm really hitting that downhill incline of the Williamsburg Bridge. Skrillex Bangarang just gets me going. <laughs> uh, Spotify's copy for the running feature is, Music is the perfect running companion, but sometimes you need even more motivation to push on. That's why Spotify running is all about helping you go the extra mile. Jesse, could you imagine a world where you have a second generation Apple Watch 
and uh, it takes your heartbeat every 10 minutes. And if you're using Spotify, they could have an API uh, into the heartbeat monitor. And if it could tell you're working out and you're going up that big hill that you need a little more umph the next time, the next, uh, for the next song. It, you, you know what it would put on? It would put on the, the trunk, no captain trunk part of my French record. Cause that's what really psychs me up. What's happening to my show. <laughs> My terrible music taste is just on fleek right now. This is insane, actually. It's like a good week for me. People might start respecting me more. <laughs> That's true. That's you know true. what I mean? Though? Like, I, I find that very interesting. Like the, the, long, the long-term aspect of Nike trying to get into... I'm sorry. The long-term aspect of Spotify trying to get into like... To really be like the go-to place when you're working out to listen to music. Smart. To smart. When, I don't know when, if it'll work when, or not, but it's smart. As opposed to like three, four years ago when Nike tried this by making that James Murphy running record. Didn't know that existed, but yes. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's why it failed. Who's James Murphy? The singer of LCD Sound System. I was actually just at his wine bar before. He's a wine bar? This sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah, I, I, you, you, we're going to have to go. It's right by my apartment and all the concert venues. Next time you're in Williamsburg, we're going to pop over for a drink over there. Okay, I'm in. And so there's uh, kind of two more things that Spotify announced. And this next one is the most interesting to me personally, and maybe you, our lovely listeners. Uh, for the first time, Spotify is adding video clips and audio shows to the music mix. Uh, and when you hear the word audio shows, uh, you should hear it as podcasts. We know there are times in the day where you want to switch between music to catch up on the latest news, listen to your favorite podcast, or simply watch something fun. So Spotify is getting into apparently uh distributing podcasts and also uh airing their own original content this is really interesting uh, mm-hmm. in, my, in my mind so jesse and i each use a podcast client called overcast right i'm not probably going to stop i don't see myself stop using my favorite podcast client to use spotify but there are millions millions of people that use spotify that have no idea what a podcast is right now. Mm-hmm. And if if uh, Spotify can penetrate those people at all with music, with podcasts, whether they're about music or tech or the news, that's incredible for the field of podcasting. And I'm very interested to read more about that. That's kind yeah. of what I'm most interested about. Um, I'm curious to see if we can get off the record on Spotify. I have truly no idea how it works yet. It seems like they'll be partnering with Libsyn. I would hope that they'll also be partnering with SoundCloud. We use SoundCloud. Um, and, I, and I'm really curious just to see... Uh, could off the record, if we have the right tags, pop up as a suggested podcast while someone is listening to Attila. Mm, I, I really hope so. Because that's an audience I really want tuning in to hear our thoughts every week. <laughs> I mean, honestly, me too. <laughs> but they could, they could learn something. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, it, like, it sounds like a really interesting thing to me. Um, I, uh, there was some kind of like, some people got... S- there were some people I was reading on Twitter like, well, is Spotify going to advertise before our podcast? Should we get any of that money? And the answer is I don't know how that works. Hmm. Um, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm, it doesn't seem like there's much uh, literature out there yet from Spotify on how this works. Um, so uh, Apple's service will allegedly be called – are you ready? Uh, I'm really shocked about this. Instead, of they're going to change the name from Beats Music to Apple Music. Are you shocked? I, I'm not shocked at all, and I'm sure also all Beats headphones will soon have an Apple logo on them instead of a Beats logo. It's curious to me, like Beats. It's funny because I think we, I think like Apple bought Beats a year ago now, and yes, that you, you and, and that you and I started talking about this a year ago now, and I, you know, it, it's the same conversation we've been having for a year. I feel like the, you know, the Beats brand is strong. 
It, it it is it is strong in douchebag land. I mean, just as Ed Hardy is. Dude, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to be that douchebag. Oh, I, I, I'm not. I, I have. I have a, a gold of... iPhone. You do not. I, you know, that's what I like. The color on my iPhone is gold. It's not silver or space gray. Wait, wait, wait. You got bought one of those gold iPhones. It's not like the front of it's not gold. You know wait, what wait, I mean? You, like you the paid the, you paid you paid the extra for the gold iPhone. It's, that's it's the I'm same asking. cost. Oh, I thought it was extra. No, no, no. So you and Paris Hilton accessorize alike. Oh, that's hot, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, have, I, have, I, have I ever told you my Paris Hilton story? No, is it safe? Not going on the air. Tell you Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, taking a page out of the discontinued iTunes ping feature from the earlier this decade, the service will allow artists to have their own pages within the music streaming service that they can post sample tracks, photos, videos, and concert updates. Jesse, ping was a massive failure, but artists today use Spotify all the time to share playlists and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that this is a good idea and something that could work more in 2015 for Apple? I'm going to be so honest with you. When I saw that they were bringing back Ping, I forgot what Ping was. I wrote Me too. Like, that's, how, that's, how, that's how large it failed. I, I wrote like 40 articles about Ping, and I couldn't even remember what it was till I like had to search them on my own site and find the, my own things I wrote about. Um, yeah, I mean, this is basically a basic feature at this point for these like it's just like if they launch without this it's like it's silly right right okay i agree and so the big the big kind of hit home for me is sources have said that the service uh will deeply integrate itself in ios 8.4 and that users will be able to port over their existing beat music cloud libraries even with even with overlapping functionality itunes music and itunes radio will be retained so this is what I've been saying all along. My dream service is where I can like have the music that I have on my actual hard drive, but also use the streaming service within it. I think, Jesse, I think I'm going to get what, I, what I'm dreaming of here. Well, you got to remember that the original launches of Mog, which later became Beats, which later became Apple Music, as we're hearing, uh, RDO and Spotify, all of them, when they launched, you could put your iTunes catalog into it, into the app. Right, and um, so you can do that with Spotify too, but the, my issue with Spotify is, uh, and this is called local files on Spotify. Yes. I can't download those local files onto my iPhone app. Ah, that's that's the issue. One. That's mm. the thing. And so if I can use uh, Apple Music to uh, stream a uh, Death Cab for Cutie song, but then also Oof. next play my downloaded version of uh, uh Death Cab for Cutie's tiny desk session, which I have downloaded. Or, that's or great. an even better example is just people like us who work on stuff that's not released and we have to keep it a secret. Right, yeah, that that's actually the primary example, right? Like, yeah. I couldn't listen to the new Knuckle Puck album. Yeah, or any mixes I'm working on presently for me. Like, I like to go for my bike ride and listen to the mixes and test them out on my headphones. Exactly. And so my, my dream service is where I can bounce around between things I have stored, whether it's like a concert rip, a demo, a, a mix, or a, a new album that's not out yet, but then also stuff that I do not have in my library. Like, that's my dream. Yes. Now, granted, not many people have this geeky a dream, no, so I do very get happy, they don't But I'm very happy this dream might actually exist. Mm, mm. Well, is that it for streaming? I think so. I'm exhausted. I never want to talk yeah. about streaming again. Okay, so we have some follow-up that we didn't get to. We're so disorganized. This might be our most disorganized episode. Well, Jesse, you started up crying. What do you expect? Uh, the I, people I, I, need to forgive us for this. Uh, okay, okay, emotional day. So 
The first thing we'd like to say is that in two weeks from now, we will have a guest episode with Mike Mowry of Outer Loop Management. But I thought he, I thought he was best known for his monumental straight edge band, Good Clean Fun. Dude, I have to tell you, those songs were hooky as fuck. I have to tell you, I had dinner with Mike Mowry last night. Um, uh-huh. He bought me two large frozen margaritas. Oh, very nice. Very they, nice. They were mango. <laughs> they were very good. Oh, dude. Who knew that you and I were so alike in that department? Oh, uh, so are we going to get, are we going to like. Oh, yeah. We're going to get White Girl on some mango frozen margaritas. Okay. I am. Yeah. How do you feel about passion fruit? I'm, I'm very passionate about oh, it. Oh, my God, Jesse. <laughs> we're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, watermelon being my favorite, though. I'm. You know, I have a frozen margarita machine in my apartment. So oh, my God. To go with my brand new grill and patio set that I bought like a real adult. All right, I'm sold. I'm moving to Brooklyn. No. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to get you here. So anyway, I was having dinner with our good friend Mike Mary last night, and he mentioned that he was in a band Good Clean Fun. I didn't know what it was. He sends me some links to the band this morning on YouTube. They had a song, and this is so genius, called Call, uh, like, then hyphen Edge. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like straight edge, like edge. Mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. I, I can see why he's so good as a marketing manager today. That, 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 band, that band was full of witty straight-edge puns, and the songs, the, the hooks were there, man. Did you, did you like straight-edge music growing up? No. I mean, I, I've I, the, I've never been straight-edge. I've been sober for years of my life at times. Right. But, but you uh, never you never claimed. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I took a break in my mid-20s from the, the drinking and all that fun stuff. But that's I, all I've ever really been as a drinker. All right. Well, yeah, we we can't let, can't let go of wine. Yes. I mean. Yes. So Mike Mowry will be joining us. He works for a management company called Outer Loop, where he manages um, some large bands, some small bands. Uh, he manages a band called Refused. Um, I may have heard of them. I'm told that they're important, but that I wouldn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> They have an album coming out on Epitaph in a week or two. Um, and uh, Mike's a really smart guy. He does a lot of education stuff. So I think that kind of fits well with Off the Record in the sense that if you guys have any questions about um, anything regarding – and when I say education, I don't mean like going to school. But education and, and teaching younger individuals than himself about the music industry, how to get involved with the music industry, what are good practices, stuff that we like talking about on Off the Record – uh, Mike might be a really good guy to get um, some wisdom from. So if you have any questions for Mike, feel free to tweet uh, hashtag AskOTR. We'll send we'll uh, we'll announce another reminder next week, and then uh, he'll be on the show in two weeks from now, and we're excited for that. So our other follow up is about our favorite joke of a service, which is vinyl without the eye. <sighs> oh my god, I forgot that service existed until a huge huge piece came out about them about how terrible they are so the funny thing about this is what made them fail is that their whole startup that they raised all this money to kickstarter is totally illegal and they can't do it this is one of like the best like face face palms that like isn't even a face palm because like it's not it's not a face but this is this is what we call in the business zach a rake face a rake? Oh, you so step, so you on, step the rake. on the rake and it slaps you in the face. Oh my god, that's a great one. Yes, this is a rake face. I need a gif of that. So, so you know what? You know what was really funny is when we discussed them. I was about to point out this law, but I was like, ah, they must have found a way around it because I remember this law from being a wee tyke. So should we give a little more background? Yeah, 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 go ahead. All right, so Vinyl, V-N-Y-L, the service, launched a Kickstarter goal in December that uh, raised uh, upwards of $40,000. The service was coined Netflix for Vinyl. 
So, but it was the old Netflix, the old the Netflix. DVD delivery Netflix, physical. So yes. you would you would tell vinyl the kind of music that you liked. They would then send you uh, albums to get a feeling to. If you liked them, you could actually buy them. Um, and if you didn't, you would just return them and and get three new records back. And it would be for twenty four dollars a month. And so again, there was a lot of criticism from uh, people like Jesse and I and prominent websites about vinyl. How could you do this at at uh, at scale? And then my biggest thing was like, how are you going to get someone to ship back a vinyl mailer? Like, mm. I can barely do that, and I work for two record labels. It sucks. How are you going to get someone to do this multiple times and not mess up the vinyl? How? What if someone wants to buy a record? But the last person that sent it back creased all the artwork, right? Like the the no. thing the thing that was so smart about Netflix, like the old Netflix, it was just the DVD in a in a slip, right? Yes, sometimes those DVDs got scratched, and that was an issue. Uh, a lot of times, right? But it didn't. But so what if it also included pristine artwork and lyrics that could get ripped, yeah. right? Yeah. That would to me like it. it the, to or, me, or it, you know, a candle wax stripped on it when you know you're getting real hippie and stony with it. The kids love the marijuana on the vinyl, Zach. I don't even know what this show is. <laughs> and so so this was originally uh, Vinyl's plan. And so Stereogum posted this incredible piece last week about uh, it turned out that their whole plan, what they raised $40,000 for, uh, is the word illegal, right? Yeah, it's illegal. It's like it is not allowed and... You know, there's sometimes where it's like with tech companies, it's like yes, this isn't allowed, but the law should be reformed. Like and arguably, Uber. this is a bad law. Right. Yes, Uber. Um, there's a great cinema here in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, called Nighthawk that serves booze while you go to your movie, and that was actually illegal in New York until they got that law repealed because the law was a prohibition era law, and it was just one of those ones that was left on the books from prohibition. And they got it lifted. Right. And so this law is called the Rental, the Record Rental Amendment of 1984. So it's as old as Jesse, and uh, <laughs> that's that's way younger than me. Yikes! Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the 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 law states neither the owner of a particular phono record nor any person in possession of a particular copy of a computer program uh, may, for the purposes of direct or indirect commercial advantage, dispose of or authorize the disposal of the possession of that phono record or computer record. You can't. You, that means you cannot rent, lease, or lend vinyl technically, and you can definitely not do that on a consumer level. Yes. And and vinyl's whole business, forty thousand dollars worth of business that they raised, that they paraded around. No one ever investigated this, and this is perhaps the massive downside of Kickstarter, right? So, well, there's a lot of downsides. I won't blame Kickstarter. What I'll blame this on is. Lack of due diligence by some fuckboy millennials who didn't do their homework. This is actually a great a great way to use the term fuckboy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would argue that almost any ter- anyway is. You know, I did get a tweet though. After all the times we said that last week, that they were curious who's a fuck girl as an example. Oh, and interesting. I, I was tempted to say Taylor Swift because I hate her, but I don't. Ah, because I hate her so did much. Did you watch but... the music video for? Uh... Are you fucking high? Of course I didn't watch that shit. Oh, Jesse. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, let's let's remind remind you what you described it as. Fast and Furious meets Taylor Swift. So my least two favorite things in the world I'm going to watch something of. I have better things to do. It was a coming to Jesus moment for me to watch that music video. Oh, my Lord. All right. So Rise <laughs> Records was bought by BMG. Holy Acquired shit. by G- BMG. 
Uh, remember last week when we pondered what it would be like if other labels in our scene sold to other larger labels? <laughs> it's like there was intuition here. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's put together a little timeline. November of 2014, Vagrant Records, who currently uh, are championing 1975, who previously have had thrice, the Get Up Kids, Saves a Day, Hot Rod Circuit, I'm sure a lot of other bands, uh, sold to BMG in... Uh, uh, last week, uh, Fearless Records sold to Bicycle Concord Bicycle Music, and uh, this week, uh, Rise Records sold to BMG. Um, Not much. To say. It seems like this is all about them expanding in foreign countries, and that the majority of their uh, records are sold in America, and they want to start expanding into other countries. I um, have a so I have a band on Rise Records, Jesse. I, I remember. I mean, and uh, I, I used to have two. Yeah. And so I, I've gotten a lot of questions of like, what do I think of this as someone who has a band on Rise Records? Um, so just from having a you know cordial conversation with a label, it doesn't seem like a lot will be changing. As Jesse said, and as this Billboard article on the news said, Rise ninety five percent of Rise's business is in Nor- is in America. That's astonishing in a bad way. Uh, Rise is very successful. But BMG, who now own them, are from Germany. That means that they're going to be able to greatly expand Rise's presence in foreign countries, which is great for any band and any manager, and also the label, to get more money and more excitement and more fan base for their bands. Um, so, I mean, this is, I'm not worried about things, but what, what's interesting to me is like, are we about to head into a time where all these labels are going to sell out? Um, the, I mean, like the, the, I, I, I mean, as as I tweeted this week, you know, now that Green Day has been unbanned from Gilman Street, I'm sure that every fuckboy music pundit is going to start saying that we're in the post sellout era. Rise is a major label now, right? That I, I so I don't like. I find these discussions very bored, but I don't know that this makes them because. BMG is technically an American major label, though, right? That's true. They're English, so. Almost all these indies have always had foreign relations with bigger things. Like Epitaph, at the heart of being the biggest indie label, had huge deals, I believe, with Sony and other countries like Japan and stuff like that. So this is a pretty common thing when it comes to other countries. Okay, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I don't see hopeless records selling tomorrow. Uh, I don't see bad timing records selling tomorrow. You know, but I, I think it's interesting that we've seen three pretty major record labels sell in the last six months, uh, and that also includes Wind Up uh, as well. And I don't know. It's interesting to me that these labels are kind of saying, "Okay, well, we, we got this far. Let's see what we can do." Where maybe some people want to check out and get paid, which is also fine. But I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see like. Where how this could have an effect in five years? Rise signing to selling to BMG is not going to affect any band on their label now, but in five years it could. And I don't I don't know what that means, but I'm interested in it. And I guess there's not much to talk about there, but I'm interested in it. totes totes. So there's been some scene controversy, Zach. It's been an exhausting few weeks, Jesse Cannon. So unfortunately, for a lot of reasons and a lot of people, there's been a lot of um, controversy and um, exposure over the last six months in our music scene. Um, in January, Jesse and I talked about, and I also talked about with Evan Lucy on my other podcast, there's a controversy over an artist uh, named From Portstep who uh, had allegedly been talking with and sending inappropriate photos of himself or asking for inappropriate photos of himself from underage girls. Um, He was on Pure Noise Records, and uh, he was set to go out on a headlining tour with a band I manage and a band on my record label, and when all this stuff came out. um, 
what eventually happened was that that tour got canceled. He is no longer being an active artist, at least for this time. He dropped off of Warp Tour, etc. Um, a few weeks ago, um, a band called No Good News signed to uh, Pure Noise Records and uh, announced a new EP and also that they were going to be touring with one of my bands. Um, two years prior, um, the drummer of the band had been accused of sexual assault. Um, many, including everyone involved with the band, had been led to believe that um, that claim was disproven and uh, retracted in a kosher way, and it, it uh, turned out that it wasn't. And um, since then, there's been a lot of discussion about, well, what can we do to make this scene a safer place, and why is everyone protecting people falsely? Um there's been, I think, a lot of people have used the word that there's been a witch hunt. I wouldn't call it that. I would just call it that there's a general discomfort that it seems a lot has been thrown under the rug and that no one is seemingly caring. The people that the people that could have an effect, on, an influence on this are not uh, using their influence properly. Since that incident, um, there's a YouTuber that was going to be on Warp Tour this summer named Austin Jones that similarly had been called out for interacting inappropriately with potentially underage girls and just this oh, c c come on zach tell the kids what he was doing money i i actually want to hear these words come out of your mouth he was sending dick pics to the young and girls oh that's not what he was that, that's not what he was doing oh I, that's what i thought i read on the oh, Twitter he, machine. he was asking girl he was asking underage <laughs> this is why i wanted you to say it and i thought it'd be funny he was asking oh. underage girls to send him videos of them twerking oh man oh man that's, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to say it. Oh, man. Um, so, Zach, yes. as a correspondent with the youth, and I, you know, I spend a lot of time with the youth, but I don't remember to ask them this. Is this a thing that happens a lot? Like, uh, do, do the youngins ask the young ladies for pictures of them twerking? No, this was honestly a, a brand new thing for me. Uh, <laughs> I had to, like, double read the article that I read first about it. I was like, what do you mean, like, twerk like <laughs> oh, i mean like you, you know the girl i'm dating and her friends they sometimes get drunk and think it's funny to do a twerk or two i didn't either i don't know if it is a thing i think it's going to be less of a thing now if it could have been a thing <laughs> um and so and just just yesterday um news came out that a, a base the bassist of a band called set it off on equal vision was also accused of talking inappropriately with underage girls um and within a day the band had removed him from being a member of the band um and so clearly within the last five months there has been at least five incidents of bad conduct by bands that um are managed on record labels uh on tours on warp tours uh, you know etc and I, I i think it's really important i don't have like the answers i don't you know i don't have all the answers for anything but i, I think it's really important that there does need to be a better job of awareness and talking things through of of having this conversation and i'm sure there are maybe some people that listen to this podcast that don't frequent absolute punk all the time that haven't seen stuff like this uh talked about and I think it's important that we all do a better job if we see something that might be an issue to not to not kind of ignore it um, because it might be easier for us to rather than doing the right thing, uh, even if that annoys a colleague or two. Because the music industry is a very incestuous business and you may work with someone that works with someone that books uh, a band that is doing something wrong and and it can be a lot easier to not take a stand on that because you don't want to annoy someone and, and put yourself at risk but ultimately i think 
uh, everyone in the world has a responsibility to, if they are seeing something truly wrong that could affect someone's life very harmfully for the rest of their life, to kind of take a stand. Uh, and I don't think I'm like soapboxing, soapboxing more of just, I felt kind of the need and responsibility to bring some of the stuff up. And if you have any desire to read more about it, you can, um, just scroll down property Zach or chorus.fm Jason Tate's website, um, who has a really good rundown of a lot of this stuff as well. Yeah. I think, I think the, one of the main things we just need to say is that I saw in response to this that I felt oil sickened by is just because one girl was lying when she accused Connor Oberst or the singer of Modest Mouse or the UVA rape case. We can't focus on the exceptions as much as the rule. And the general rule is girls are telling the truth when this thing's happened. And overall, when you make dumb Facebook posts, just because you like the band, don't just side with the band blindly. Just because you love a band doesn't mean they can't do really nasty sexual things. In fact, most of them are. Just usually not with underage girls. There is people out there the key to do is be respectful of the victim. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the facts. Just because you think somebody's a sick bass player does not mean that then they're also the most righteous person who's ever walked this earth. Please, please try to not be a toxic force and say dumb things to try to defend your favorite band when somebody may have been raped or sexually assaulted, etc., etc. Don't talk about them getting giving hand jobs at the local county fair. I think if you're friends with someone and they do a really bad thing, it's really easy to defend them because they would never do that mm-hmm. but honestly a lot of people fuck up and a lot of people make really bad mistakes i've made a lot of really bad mistakes in my life i think jesse probably has too i think if you're mm-hmm. listening to this you probably have too but there's a difference in between making a bad mistake and like i don't know cheating on a test right and uh like assaulting someone or putting someone's safety in harm's way and if and if you're someone that goes out of their way to defend that i think it's a real issue and um, I, I think maybe once you do it, want you go out of your way to say something ignorant, you may not get caught. But if you go out of your way to continue to spew ignorance and and not and try to make things more harmful than try to do something proactive, if you're going to take any stand at all, then you're making a really grave mistake. And um, like you know, everything is shocking. It's very shocking to read that this dude and set it off right i've met him i've uh i haven't like hung out with him but i've done a lot of stuff with their band for the website right like you never you never imagine anyone that you meet or talk to is is going to do something like weird or skeevy right like that's not like you don't hope anyone does and but it's it's harder to question i think and reconcile with yourself that like these things actually do happen in the world and i think there needs to be more of a conversation of like well why will this stop happening will warp tour make it mandatory the day before the tour starts to have a conversation with every single band member about what is right and what is not right and i think some people assume that's ridiculous everyone knows this stuff but i think it's clear that a lot of people don't I don't think it's even about that they don't. It's that people make bad decisions. And I think there's just a thing of like a lot of time like, why do they have to suffer? Why do they Because people love their music. They don't want it to change. And they don't care about this stuff they say to us. But we make rules as a society and the majority of us determine these rules. That's what elections are about. That's what society is about. We set standards about this. And you're not invited to sit at the big kid's table if you can't behave like a big kid. And these people who do this are not behaving probably and i you know to talk about this too is uh the drummer for no good news i talked to him a bunch online i talked to him about recording a previous band at one point i liked him he seemed like a nice guy when i met him before and so i was very uh conflicted whereas front porch step that kid had lyrics that seemed really misogynistic and gross to me his music 
to me is shit. And so I did want him gone. And I think that there's a very weird thing that happens inside you where you do want to defend these people, but we also have to do what's right. And what is right is keeping young girls, because that could be your sister or your best friend, who are susceptible to somebody who can manipulate them away from them. And I'm sorry, you can manipulate people who are younger than you. And anybody who thinks that the the one 16-year-old girl who's savvy enough to tell, to tell the band guy she's 19 and we all laugh about this, I'm sorry, that's not the rule. That's the exception. And the rule, and what most of the time happens is, is the older person is manipulating the younger person, and it's not okay. And if you defend that, you're not allowed to sit at the big kid's table. I agree. Do you have any recommendations? Can it be happy and cheery yeah. after that talk? Uh, I, I, you go first. Uh, I was a guest on the Joey Sturgis Forum podcast this week, and I have to say I think what those guys are doing over there uh, is really good, and if you're into recording and production, I can't recommend that you – pay the whole dollar that they're charging this month to get involved with what they're doing. They have a great forum and they have a great podcast that's really giving really good information on making records, whether you like the sound of their records or not. There's a great discussion that's happening there that's way above any other internet forum. So I highly recommend checking out the Joey Sturgis podcast forum. And I saw the horror movie It Follows last night and that movie ruled and the soundtrack ruled and I have to say I was blown away by it and I highly recommend it. I didn't know you were a horror movie guy. I am. I'm, I'm all in. You know what my problem is is I just have really high standards. Like I, I hate 80% of horror movies but I love one. I'm like, I'm all in. All in? All in. I got a, I got a tattoo this weekend. So I, uh, I I conned Adrian Fisher and Connor Sheehan from Property Zach <laughs> into getting Star Wars tattoos uh, in order to get me to watch Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> oh, Lord. And uh, I myself got like a Jack's Mannequin tattoo. I'm sorry, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> you can't tell someone that who just got a tattoo. Uh, so I got, a, I got a little tattoo, but now they, they got Star Wars tattoos. So I have to watch all of Star Wars after I graduate college. Wow. Are you a Star Wars person, Jesse? I'm fine with Star Wars, but I'm not a, a passionate one. Do you have um, feelings on the on the fact that I will probably like the most recent three movies more than the original three movies? As somebody who's seen those movies, I don't think that that's possible. Okay. My my thing is that I think I am, uh, as, as we've talked about on this podcast, I am very adverse to old things, and I think I will prefer the shiny yeah. new ones. That's my logic. Okay. I think that that's really hard. I, I think that those are classics, but there is some truth that you are very bad about pre appreciating old art. Right. Okay. I'm glad we're on but, the same page. But like you've, you, you've never listened to The Clash London Calling, right? See? You've never even listened to the greatest punk record of all time. I thought that was Untitled by Blink-182. Oh, you're out of your mind. Okay. Well, I saw a lot of great music this past weekend at Skate and Surf. Uh, I saw lovely artists like Kevin Devine, Manchester Orchestra, The Front Bottoms, Modern Baseball. I saw Hot Rod Circuit Reunion. That was cool. Oh, Jesse, I saw Acceptance. Oh, I'm so pissed at He sounds like an angel. It was wild how good he sounded for a dude that has not sung in 10 years. It was insane. They were great. Um... Yeah, music's cool. I, I feel like I listened to more than 25 songs this weekend, if you feel me. Oh, man. So thank you for listening to Off the Record this week. We apologize for Jesse crying. Uh, we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. If you're listening live on Adobe, tune in to us at offtherecord.fm or by subscribing to us on iTunes. And uh, we'll be back next week. 